There were kids there that stayed there for years. I saw it, you know. There were kids five years, three years, eight years, all yeah. sorts of stuff. I, so what was it, it was a what was your it story was a common exactly? Rumor. Yeah. It was a common rumor there too that like insurance paid ten thousand dollars a day, like per child. Oh there. really? Is how much they were getting, yeah. And I mean I I don't know how to verify that, but that's what we all that that's what I was told by other other kids there. Interesting. Stop yeah. Me. There's got to be some truth to it. But I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't know how to verify that. I guess it depends because I know there's different types of payment, right? So there's foster payment, there's troubled teen payment. So you can be foster, you can get money for fostering a child. But if you can prove that the child is troubled, then you can also get additional money. And I think that their rule, they would only want to report on the bad stuff that a kid did. And sometimes kids would get framed for stuff that they didn't even do. So, yeah, um, yeah. that that actually happened to I me. Mean, I'm like, OK, guys, it's been like two decades. Like, you think I'm still lying? Like, I didn't do it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you guys just oh, yeah. I, I don't know what the deal is. But, yeah, I got sent to level one. They said I was flirting with a Spanish teacher. I was like, I just got an A in that class. That's all I did in there. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you, you know. Not, yeah. really, not really my type, but <laughs> even when I'm in a facility, it's not really my type. So, yeah. so you want to tell me a little bit about your story and your time there, or like how how, how did it start, or what kind of stuff well, did you see? Yeah, I mean, I I got in trouble when I was a kid a lot, and um, they had put me on juvenile probation, and. I remember they kept telling me, they're like, hey, you keep messing up. We're going to recommend the Lord's Ranch for you, trying to scare me into being good. And um, it was really just for, for like, smoking pot is all I did. I wasn't, mm. like, some of the kids there were, you know, in there for, like, trying to kill their parents or they did something really messed up. And then I right. was just like, oh, man, I like to smoke weed. I'm, <laughs> you know, I kinda, <laughs> there were a couple kids there who got caught up for that, too. And they court ordered me to go and they told, you know, they said the next process was somebody would come down to interview my mom to see if they would accept me. And so I took that as like, oh, maybe I got a chance not to go. And my mom didn't want me to go either because I'm I'm all the way in Fort Smith. It's a, you know, on the other side of the state. Oh, I see. How long so, of a drive is that? About five, six hours. Oh, geez. Yeah. So not a lot of visits with that. Yeah, no. Uh, luckily, my mom, I still got to a lot more visits than other people because my mom was willing to make the drive up there. So that's nice of her. Yeah, I really lucked out. I'm really thankful. Yeah, my mom was it. in Alaska. So I got one visit from her and I got, actually got to do a home visit for Christmas. So I was there. I went home for, I think it was a week. I can't remember. I believe it was a week that I got to spend at home. And I just, I, I didn't want to go back. I just begged her. I was like, mom, these, this place is terrible. Like, please just let yeah. me, don't make me go back there. They can keep my stuff. I don't care. I don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you know, obviously I had to, but then after a little while, she finally, I, I think it was like two months later, she finally got me out of there. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rough place, man. And like you, I guess to say to leave, you have to complete your treatment plan, but they would have you meet with the therapist once a month for like 10 minutes. Yeah. So or, they would stretch it out as long as they could. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's exactly what it seemed like. And from what I understand, they only wanted to report the bad stuff and they, and they were specifically directed 
to find something that somebody did wrong every single day. And um, this is what I was told by some people that used to work there. And uh, some kids just didn't do something wrong in a day and they wouldn't they wouldn't have anything to write down. And I, I remember one day I didn't do any, I, I, there was nothing they could write. And he said, and the guy ends up writing that I had, uh, I had offered to swap hits with somebody, you know, like shoulder punches. Oh yeah. Normal teenage. Yeah. Just we were bored. Like, yeah. yeah. And he, he wrote that down and my therapist looked at, it, he's like, Oh, come on, let's find something that's actually bad. And I was like, yeah, I know he was really, he was really reaching with that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the staff out there were, were all right. Yeah. You know, there was a couple out there, but it was, they also used to, did they let people hunt on that land when you were down there? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I don't recall ever seeing anything like that. Did you? Yeah, they would, uh, around November, you know, deer season. And, uh, we were out at the, I was out at the Prince house at the time and you just hear this loud gunshot. Yeah. This you know, this guy in like a wife beater and jeans comes up dragging a dead deer. They hang it up and gut it right there. Like, Jeez. like right there in front of the house stuff too. Yeah. It was kind of like, like, we dare you to run, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I used to live in the Prince house too. I was there for a little while. I was at the Prince house, Joshua and the Andrew house. And I think those are the only ones I was at. Andrew house was cause of level one, but, uh, yeah, Prince House. I think I, Prince House is the one I stayed at the longest. Yeah. Did you? That's, st- that's the one I was in. Um, they moved me pretty quick. I was. I wasn't. Like I was pretty well behaved out there. I. I was just trying to get out. And then uh, I remember I got moved back to the Andrew House because I got caught passing a note to a girl. Oh yeah, yeah. And they uh, they moved me back to Andrew, and then I got stuck in the Ogden House. Oh yeah. But that was like my last month, and I ended up leaving. I only left after six months, and um, hmm. I knew it was just because on the intake process, you know how they shaved your head every month? Yep. During the intake process, we were led to believe that I would get monthly home visits, and um, it would be six months. And then you go in, and then you find out everybody's there for like two years. Right. But my mom, we didn't sign the uh, haircut permission. So they didn't have permission to cut my hair and they shaved my head the first month. And I remember my mom was real mad about it and was like, no, you guys can't cut his hair. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And it was almost an issue the next time when I almost got PRT over it. Cause I refused to get a haircut because it was like unheard of. They were like, no, everybody gets a haircut here. I was like, well, my therapist told me you guys couldn't. And so they were like, all right, we'll wait for your therapist. And it was like, um, I forget the guy's name. It was the guy who was running. He used to be a football player. Uh, Tyree Davis, uh, Stan Jackson. um, Let's see. Alonzo Giles. I know Alonzo. He was the, he was the pastor, right? Yeah. I guess he used to, I I just recently heard he used to play football too. So that's why I mentioned him. I don't know how far he went, but I know that's what I had heard. Say he used to play there. It wasn't Alonzo. It was a, there's another guy. He's a big guy, but it was him, and then uh, Randy Barber, and then the the other Randy too. They were both had me surrounded, like they were about just waiting to PRT me, and so then the is the that counselor come up? 
Is that, yeah. is that the same Randy Barber who's trying to be county judge? Did you see that post I just put up? Yeah, I saw that too, and I remember that guy. I was like, that guy was like the meanest one there. <laughs> yeah, he was He was a police officer too, and I remember, I, I'm pretty sure I saw that guy. If I'm not mistaken, he's the first staff member I saw slam a kid around. Like he didn't make his bed right or something or make it in time. It was something like that, and he slams this kid into the dresser and just starts tossing. The kid's like 12 years old. I was like, geez, like, okay, we're in one of those facilities. Great. Yeah. That no, was like that- they enjoyed doing it. Right. Oh, yeah. And it was, a, and it, yeah. it was their default. They didn't try to talk anybody off the ledge. They just pushed them, you know? They, they, do, yeah. they just make it happen. It was ridiculous. A lot of kids got broken arms, stitches, all sorts of stuff. Did you ever yeah. see any violence or anything like that while you were there from the staff? Uh, yeah, from the staff, um, as well as the, some of the clients there, too. Sure. You know, there, there'd be some pretty bad fights. But, yeah, man, this, this other kid broke his arm, too, uh, when they had PRT'd him. And uh, I remember he, he was upset because his mom had actually just died of uh, from cancer, and they weren't giving him a home visit. He didn't get to go to the funeral, even. Really? So, yeah, so he was obviously upset, and they kind of, they were like rubbing it in, you know, that it was his fault he wouldn't get to go to the funeral, and I mean, it, mom just passed away, so. Wow. It's like they would find the kids they didn't like, and they would, uh, they would take out their anger on them a lot. Yeah, that's kind of what it seemed like. It seemed like they took special interest in certain kids that they didn't like, and uh, and they would mistreat them. Now, you were there, what was it, you said 2012? Yeah, 2012, 2013, about, um, I'd went to two facilities. I'd went to one here in Fort Smith, Horizon, mm-hmm. and, and having issues there. And then I got in trouble again, and they'd sent me to the Lord's Ranch. Or it was Trinity Behavioral Health at the right. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it yeah. happened. And uh, I, I just knew it was a different different place. I mean, I was like, man, they're allowed to hit you here? Because, like, yeah. at the other place, if it they they weren't allowed to touch the kids, get anywhere and put their hands on the kids or anything. They would just call the police and let police deal with it. But yeah, exactly. That's what there. the other facilities were like that I went to. It would just be police officers would handle violent kids. But this place, these guys would just and and they would say you were violent even if you weren't violent. They would always try to blame the kid for for getting physical, as if the kid took a swing on them or something, and then they had to make a move. When really, a lot of the times, it was just, you know, the kid was talking back or something. Yeah. That was my experience, at least. I mean, I remember just at probably 80% of the time that I saw anybody get restrained, it was because the kid had said something that the staff didn't like or refused to do something or, you know, whatever. It was never... It was never, I remember I I did see one kid take a swing on a staff member and he got slammed into the uh, gravel. Um, But for the most part, it was just, it was, it was usually just the staff taking out their anger and just, and they seemed to enjoy it. You know, it was like their favorite part of the day. You know, (laughs) they got to do what they wanted to some punk kid that they didn't like is kind of how I saw it. Yeah, they definitely did, man. I mean, it's, they really, uh, they really flex that power they had over you. Mm-hmm. I never, I never got restrained. There was this one, these two guys that uh, they had worked in the Prince House, and they were cool. They let us uh, like after bedtime, like an hour after, they let us get up and watch movies all night. 
Really? Like, That's uh, awesome. Secular movies or whatever. Yeah, they were real cool. And I remember I had asked about the PRT. I was like, you know, how do you guys do it? And they had done like a practice PRT on me. And like the way they hold you and the way they're trying to slam you, like you can't breathe when they do that. Like no. the way they put the pressure down on your back, it like squeezes your lungs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just like, damn, I don't ever want to get PRT. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah, they'll do that. And a lot of those guys are really big too. Like I, I remember there were some staff members that would just like one would be driving their knee into the kid's head while the other staff member was just so big. He would just be sitting on his back, just sitting yeah. on him. just the immense weight. I mean, you have this guy that's maybe six foot eight driving his knee, the weight of his body through his knee into your head. And then the other guy's just sitting on you and it's just, it's, it's crazy pressure. And the kids are just, you know, I mean, that's the kind of stuff that could really hurt somebody. And yeah, and the average age out there was like twelve. Yeah, you know? yeah. Nobody was really older than fifteen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I believe I was like fourteen when I went out there, fourteen or fifteen. I can't remember. So, what 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 would you say is the worst thing that you saw in terms of, uh, I guess, uh, staff violence? Um, staff violence, you didn't really see too much of it. Um, oh really? When I was there, I mean, you saw the kids that would always get PRT'd. Um, they busted this one kid's head open. Um, to after, after they had had me sign the thing saying I didn't want a haircut, some other kid had got his mom to sign it too. But they had told him since he already signed it, he was getting a haircut, and he refused. And man, they like, they threw him all around the church. There was like three guys holding him. And then that guy that had come shave his head, they ended up cutting his head open as they were shaving it. Oh, wow. You know, and I, I, I felt guilty on that one, too, because I was like, man, like, I got away with it. and They're not going to let anybody else get away with it. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was the worst thing, man. I was like, man, like, I was, I was just thinking, too. I was like, that's what they were about to do to me if I didn't get the, you know, therapist to tell them they couldn't cut my hair. Oh, so your therapist actually came in and said something? Yeah, yeah, he did because they they had me surrounded, and then the therapist came up. Luckily, it was you know early enough in the day he was still there. I don't even know what hours they worked. They were they were hardly there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed yeah. like they would just come and go really quickly. I remember that too. Yeah. So what happened? Yeah, yeah. He just walked in, and <laughs> how did they react to him saying that? They're, they just kind of laughed and they were like, no, you're getting your haircut. You already signed the paper. And he said, no, I had my mom sign something else. And they were like, well, get in that chair. And he refused. And it was like, it was like a dance. They were like chairs got knocked over and they held that kid down while they shaved his head, man. Wow. It was that's ridiculous. all over a haircut. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> it's just so obnoxious. Some of the stuff it's like, well, why do you guys care that much? I yeah, really, no, we were. Yeah, we were all shouting. We were like, "Jesus had long hair." Why, why <laughs> <laughs> I want to be like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Following his footsteps. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys have the horses trying to run away from there too? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't recall them trying to run away. I do remember that they did have me ride one of them. This, this horse's name was Big Mac and it was the biggest horse they had. And I wasn't really familiar with riding horses. And then this horse fly, 
is like keeps on landing on it and biting it. So the thing starts trying to buck and it like it's almost bucked me off while we were walking on a trail. I was like, mm, yeah, I don't really want to ride horses anymore. <laughs> I'm good, man. I, I, I was never really into it. Like I like animals, but, uh, you know, I just was never really interested in riding a horse. It was never really something that, you know, I'm still scared of horses to this day. They're big <laughs> out there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, you don't want to get kicked by one of those things. No, we were, we were out feeding them one day for that equine therapy. And I had, I had like, I was holding my hand. I had six of the horses come up and not all those horses are trained. They take some like wild horses or bad horses out there. Even that doesn't surprise I remember me. One, one of the horses like bit me in the chest, like snapped at me. And I got, you can't outrun a horse. No, <laughs> you know, so I was no, just no, kind of no, standing no. there waiting on the staff to come. <laughs> I was like, man, like, <laughs> was it just but hanging yeah, on to you? Yeah. Yeah. It like, it like put its uh, nose in my chest and then like reared its head back and like snapped at me in the chest. And I was just, I was so scared at that point. I was like, this is where I'm going to die. There's like six horses about to trample me over some hay. Like, <laughs> Jeez, that would be terrifying. Yeah. So what was, uh, but, what was the craziest thing you saw while you were there? Was it the FBI raid or was there anything else or? Yeah, probably the FBI raid. Um, that's so bizarre. And, and they wouldn't talk about it. They just wouldn't say anything about like, oh yeah, just a fed, bunch of federal agents just came in and took stuff. Get on with your day. Yeah, I mean, I think there was one guy complaining about government overreach or something. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, that's about all I remember wow. from it. Jeez. <laughs> and they were in 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 the intake process. I remember because um, they never interviewed me or talked to me. They had just talked to my mom, and uh, they had asked about my father. And uh, my father actually had committed suicide when I was a young kid. Oh, mine did and too. The, uh, the well. <laughs> That's odd. No kidding. Yeah, my when I was nine yeah. years old, my dad uh, shot himself. Man, I'm sorry to hear that. No, I'm. Hey, man, we're but, in the same boat. That's yeah, but, yeah. But like, you don't uh, have that in common with someone every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We've both been to the same uh, yeah. fraud farm, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was one of the things I did. I remember when they told me they that they were sending me to level one for flirting with the Spanish teacher. I was like, I put it on my dad's grave. I did not flirt with her. That you guys are lying. And Tyree's like, leave your mom out or, or leave your dad out of this. And I was like, well, you guys need to leave me out of this. I didn't do anything. And then that's when they got really pissed off at me because I was arguing back. And but yeah. I mean, I just thought it was so ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. And I got sent there for like it was like three weeks or a month or something for something. I did not do and all the oh, other yeah. guys they nobody ever fessed up to it all the other guys were like they had no idea what it was so we're all just sitting there and i still to this day i think they just framed us so they could keep us longer and make more money because i've heard of I've, I've heard this story so many times from people where they got sent to level one for something they didn't do and they have no reason to lie about it anymore i mean it's it's years and years in the past and like this one girl, she was from Alaska and she got sent to level one because they said that she was planning on running away. And she's like, where would I have even gone? I'm from Alaska. Like, do you think I'm going to try to cross the Canadian border? Like, I didn't know anything about the landscape there. I would have had nowhere to go. Why would I run away from this place? She's like, but they sent me. And uh, yeah. And, and yeah, she's like, to this day, she's like, 
second, you know, it's you have a reason to lie in the moment when you're about to get in trouble. But when it's been like a decade and a half, two decades, whatever, it's like, no, no. Like I said, that very day didn't happen. And, uh, you know, it's just it, it really makes you wonder if it was intentional. Definitely had to be that. I mean, they uh, they just accepted all the kids they could, you know. The I think the interviewer, they were there there just to sign all the the Medicaid and insurance papers and create a reason, right, right, uh, for treatment. And they would diagnose people with stuff too. Like there was this one girl. There was this one girl I know. She was about to turn eighteen, and she was going to be able to get out of there. And they tried to contact her mom to declare her legally incompetent so that she would have to stay longer. She'd only, I think she'd only been there for like six months or something. And they wanted to keep her longer. And she's very smart. She's actually uh, the girl I've been working on this podcast with. She's a very bright girl. So the fact that they were trying to claim that she was mentally incompetent is just completely laughable to me. Like it it, it was just such, it, it was complete bs there's no way that they actually thought that they just wanted to keep her longer you know what i mean and uh so they yeah they tried to go and she was so she stayed with her i'm trying to remember how it went because i know she sent i think she stayed with her grandparents but her mom was part of the process and so they went behind the grandparents back and talked to the mom and tried to get the mom to sign off and the mom wouldn't sign off and then she was able to get out you know in like six months so but uh, yeah, they they definitely tried to declare her legally incompetent so they could keep her past eighteen. Wow, yeah, that's yeah, kind of taking me back thinking about you know going through all that, how much it affected me. It uh, they they had put me in the wrong classes too when I went. How and, so? Um, uh, well, um, in Arkansas, you have to get certain credits to graduate high school. Like you have to have a I forget what it is, but like four math credits, four science credits. And they had put me in classes I had already had credits in. And I tried to tell them that. I was like, hey, you know, when I get out of here and go back to my regular school, this is going to throw me off. And they just wouldn't put me in the right classes. They wouldn't even hear it. And when I got out, they messed my credits up so bad. I was going to have to go to school for like an extra semester. Oh, wow. I was like, I'm not doing that. You know, like. After I'm supposed to graduate, go back for another semester, be like 18 out at, you know, high school. I wasn't doing that. So I, I ended up just getting my GED. Yeah. Instead there, of becoming there. a super senior. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't trying to go through that. I was like, man, that's like, I have no interest in doing that. Yeah. No kidding. Jeez Louise. But, yeah. They, they I, honestly, I, I really think they were just very incompetent. They were terrible at listening. They wouldn't listen to anything that you said. If you said something or if you caught something that they did incorrectly, they would never want to admit it. They were always the right ones. You know, I mean, there and there were some good staff members. Don't get me wrong. I didn't, you know, like I, I never had a problem with Alonzo, even though he was related to some of the people that I hated the most there. But, you know, I, 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 I didn't dislike Alonzo. Drew Pearson was fine. Uh, you know, there were certain staff members I didn't have issues with, and I don't know how many of them were there. You know, we we probably had different staff at different times, obviously. But the place, I, I just don't think people were really well trained. I think they just got people they could get to get hired, pay cheap, 
and slam kids around if the time if it came down to it and then you have these people that come in there and they get excited at the prospect of slamming a kid around and they'll do it any chance they get yeah there was there was no rehabilitation or any kind of oh god any no. kind of work being done oh no at all no i came out like much, i came out much worse for. yeah yeah <laughs> Like I was yeah, I, I was way worse when I got out of that place. Like I was it, when I when I left there, it was like before I was just kind of like a more like I don't know, almost like class clownish, and you know I would get in some trouble, you know, and you know I I guess there was violence at like I'd get in fights sometimes, but I mean it like I had like a whole new level of violence about me after I left that place, and it took and I ended up going to another facility. After that, and when I went to this facility, I realized that it was a normal facility. They didn't just beat the piss out of you every time you did something wrong. And I got to go to a regular high school nearby. It wasn't their school. There was there was nothing. They didn't force religion on you or anything like that. It, you know, it was just completely different. And after I got out of there, you know, I, I still, you know, I wasn't perfect, but. I was much better off going there than I was the Lord's Ranch. That much I can say. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that place, uh, a lot of this stuff needs to be brought to light. They're kind of sweeping it under the rug. And now with Mike Huckabee being involved in it, and he passed laws giving facilities more control over a kid than the kid's parents. Well, and he gave, them, he, he gave them more money, too. He was giving these guys yeah. more money, and then they're donating money to his campaign. So essentially, the Lord's Ranch is just the middleman, and they're making a little profit on the side. You know what I mean? I mean, it was just yeah. it was ridiculous. And they, the, I mean, they knew Mike Huckabee before he was even governor. And this one girl told me that she actually flew in Bill Clinton's private plane for an, emer- an emergency hearing in Chicago. So not only do they have connections to him, they had connections to Bill Clinton and a lot of young girls. They're scared to come forward to this day. I had a girl cancel yeah. on me yesterday because she just got scared. She didn't want to talk about it. And Bud had basically set her up to get married with this guy in his 40s when she was 16 years old. And she ended up having kids with this guy. I mean, there were girls that married staff members in like the way earlier days, like back in the 80s and 90s. Like, so I mean, yeah, I mean it was it was like a cult. So yeah, and you can see different things changed over time. Like we were, I I used to be forced to go to chapel, but I spoke to somebody who was there in 2012, and he said, "Oh, we didn't have to go to chapel if we didn't want to." I was like, "Really?" And he said, "Yeah, but it, but it was still a punishment." Oh, really? Did they punish you if you didn't go? Yeah, well, like they gave you the option. And then if you didn't want to go to chapel, you had to go in this little shack um, and sit there and be quiet. You weren't allowed to talk or a little shack. Out. Yeah. What do you yeah, mean? It was like a little, a little metal building they had up by uh, kind of by the church and the basketball court. Yeah. Like by the school and stuff. That's I, I always just went to, you know, be with my friends and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it was essentially a, a punishment. I think one time I didn't go to chapel. And it was like you were in detention. You just had to sit there and be quiet. You couldn't couldn't do anything. Did not they, even sure. I think I'm not even sure they let you read. So the metal shack did it have air conditioning, or like it was it a portable, or what was it? I, I, I was there in the winter. I mean, oh, it okay. wasn't really a portable. It was kind of 
it was a little haggard metal building. It had some steps to it. Um, I'm not even sure if it had windows. Huh. It's been so long, but like if you were if you were in trouble, they wouldn't let you go to chapel. They'd make you go in there. And then if you said you didn't want to go to chapel, they would also make you go in there. Oh, so you're getting disciplined. <laughs> so essentially yeah, you yeah. were you were you're basically being incentivized or forced to go to chapel or else oh. face these consequences. Oh, definitely. And they they pushed the religion thing real hard. I remember me and this other guy got in trouble in biology class because we got to the section about evolution and creationism and it was like it was like four sentences on evolution and why it was stupid and then it was like five paragraphs on creationism i mean like we did that popcorn reading thing that was as advanced as any class got you guys would read out of the book out loud yeah and i me and this other guy refused to read that we're like i'm not reading this this is a you know this is stupid like why why are we being forced to read this? This isn't science. This isn't anything. This is just you trying to push your views onto us. Right, right, yeah. And uh, Yeah, we got in trouble for that. Wow. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And the school I mean, wasn't even school anyway. Like, Oh, it was a terrible school. It was a terrible school. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was just so incredibly easy. I mean, I don't know what grade level they were teaching, but it was... I mean, the easiest straight A's I've ever gotten. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was just like, what, what, what am I doing here? Like, what is, what, I just didn't understand. I, I, Do you I, remember Mr. Steve? Mr. The, Steve. Uh, I think he was like the social studies teacher. Uh, what was his last name? Do you remember? I, I don't remember his last name. It's been so long. You have glasses, uh, bald. Yeah, yeah, he had glasses, bald. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. Didn't he? Didn't didn't he pass away? Uh, he he might have. He was pretty old when I was there. Uh, he was always pretty cool. I I yeah, I remember. I had poison ivy on my face because I was like, an, I was an idiot. I'm from Alaska, so I don't know anything. And I'm I'm going outside. I found like this vine. I'm like pulling it off of a tree one day. And uh, (laughs) I'm just messing around with it. And then the next day I wake up and my face is just like covered in this horrible rash. I was like, oh, my God. And I was just like all over me. And uh, I ended up they ended up having to give me a shot in my ass just like because I was I was going to have I was going to have a visit with my mom in my family and I had had this record. I think I had had it for like a day or two um, and it wasn't going away. And I was like, well, I don't want to look like this when they see me. Like, <laughs> is there anything we can do? So I don't look like just like some guy that just completely dying when they see me. And yeah, so they gave me the shot, but they also gave me Benadryl and it made me tired. And I remember I fell asleep in that. And I think it was the guy you're talking about. I fell asleep in his class and he woke me up. And he's like, did they give you Benadryl? I was like, yeah. And was, uh, he's like, and he was actually really cool about it. He's like, you got to do your best to stay awake. He goes, I'm sorry, though. I, I, I understand. I understand. Just, you know, yeah. just do your best to stay awake. And I was like, okay, I'll do my best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was dying, man. I was like, dude, like sitting in a, sitting in a class like that and, you know, full of sleep meds, essentially. I mean, yeah, it was tough. Yeah, his class was always kind of boring and quiet. Yeah. You, know? you should have seen, there was this one teacher. He passed away while I was there, though. His name was Mr. Drakeford. He was the scariest teacher that, that, that I've ever had. 
he was a, he had a massive heart attack and passed away but uh he would have fit in as a staff member no problem like one of those scary staff members that you don't want to upset he's this big guy from chicago talked really cocky and like there was nothing there was nothing that you could you know i i wouldn't want i wouldn't say anything to him unless i had to like yes yeah. yes sir no sir i remember he walks by my desk I had gotten this book out of the library to read. It was called Sphere. And as I was reading it, I realized that they had like some sex scenes in the book. And they talked about like, they talk about tits and stuff like that. And I'm reading it. I'm like, huh, I wonder how this got in their library. Like they would not want this in there, but I just kept reading it, you know. And and then all of a sudden I'm carrying all my books around the school, you know, when I'm going class to class. And I had that book with me. And Mr. Drakeford walks up, picks that book up, stares at it. And I'm just sitting there looking forward. I'm not saying anything because, you know, I'm not going to look at him unless he tells me to look at him. I'm just sitting there. And then he starts thumbing through all the pages. And then and then he's like, he, he just suddenly goes, I'm trying to remember what this book was about. I read this book before and I just sat there. I was like, Oh shit. And I just, and I just like looked up at him and he's like trying to figure out if it was, this is appropriate. Where did you get this? It's like, uh, the library, sir. And he thumbing through it, thumbing through it, thumbing through it. Never found anything about tits. Thank God. Set the thing yeah. down and just walked away. Oh my God. I was, I thought I was going to have a massive heart attack. I was like, geez, <laughs> like this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. Uh, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe when he grabbed that book. I'm like, dude, it's not my fault they put that shit in there. Like, I just got her. I just grabbed a random book. I didn't know what it was. I just I'm just passing the time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a snitch either. I don't care if it talks about tits. Like, I, you don't think we talk about that? Like, we're boys. We're a bunch of teenage boys. You think we don't hear those words among each other when you guys aren't around? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those guys could be pretty intimidating, man, all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If they wanted to be. I mean, some of them, you know, and, you know, I think some of them kind of got off on that. You know, that was, that was what they liked to do. They liked to be, yeah. you know, come after you and, you know, scare people. And I was my first week there, Tyree Davis grabbed me by my shirt and I knew he was a former NFL player or already played in the NFL and he was in the offseason or something. But uh, he grabs me by my shirt, pulls me up into his face, and uh, I I snuck four hundred dollars into the facility. So I was gonna run away and use that to survive to like get to yeah. Saint, to get to St. Louis because I knew some people in St. Louis, and uh, they had found out I had the money, and I was denying it. And he pull, he grabbed me by my shirt, pulled me right into his face, where like I can smell his breath, like I'm just like right there, and he's like. If you don't give me that money right now, I'm going to take you in the back and do something me and you are both going to regret. And the first thing I think about is, is that Randy Barber, I think it was Randy Barber, slamming that 12-year-old kid around and all that stuff. And I was like, this guy looks like, like – when I say former NFL player, like this isn't a guy in his 50s. This guy looks like he's on the bench, like he's ready to suit up and go out coach. Like yeah. I'm, I'm like yeah. – I am not going to go into the back and throw hands with a professional athlete. 
I was like, fuck this. So I was like, here's the money, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) But uh, I remember I was wearing a Rams jersey that day, and I was like, maybe he's not a Rams fan. I don't know. He seemed like he was pretty upset, you know. (laughs) That's the only reason I remember I was wearing. It was a Marshall Falk jersey. And I was like, maybe he's just not a Rams fan. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that was was terrifying, the whole situation. And I was like, okay. Yeah, we're not in Kansas anymore. You know what I mean, so to speak. Yeah, like this is this is a whole different ball game. You know? Yeah, they're just waiting to slam you. Yeah. All of them. Oh you yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Not love... all of them, but you know, uh, most the, of the them. Mean looking oh, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They loved it. They loved it. They, they, they and they, I'm sure they got laughs about it, and I'm sure they joke about it and exchange stories about slamming this kid, that kid, whatever. Or they take kids in the back when they were in. You know, and have them fight each other. I remember them doing stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I've never seen so much blood before. Before being there, really? Yeah. In which what's how, what situations did you see blood? Well, there was that that one time they they shaved that kid's head. There was all that blood coming mm-hmm. off the top of his head, and then there was a fight. It was a it was a gang fight. I guess this one kid was from Pine Bluff, and the other kid was where the city I was from. And I saw his teeth get knocked out, and it was like a like a quart of blood came out of his mouth when he got punched. He got, oh, so he got punched in the mouth, and a bunch of blood came out in a tooth. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow. Teeth and that. I've never seen anything like that in real life. And I was like, man, this is a, a bad place. <laughs> like, yeah, like the Lord's Ranch. Like, and that's what sucks too, because it's it's like that place was so sketchy. And then if you try to tell anybody, we're like, oh, what was it called? I'm like, well, it was. Yeah called the lord's ranch but i swear to yeah. god it's nothing like it sounds like it's yeah. it is, no like we it, have a lot of fundamental christians in arkansas mm-hmm. and with me being from arkansas i've seen it but you go to that side of the state it's like a whole different world these people are like legit jesus freaks yeah and, you know you have i mean nothing i have nothing against you know people's religion or anything but sure sure when they're using it in that way and using it to Really ruin these kids' lives because I know that, they that used place it, affected my life. They used it as a guise to do what they were doing. They, yeah. they, I don't know if they were convincing others or just convincing themselves that they were doing the right thing, but they were doing the wrong thing. They were doing illegal stuff. There were girls being molested. There were girls being touched inappropriately. There were girls being attacked. There were guys being attacked. They weren't doing what they were supposed to. And this went on for five decades and nobody ever got prosecuted for it. The only person who ever got prosecuted was Ted Soule. And that was for white collar crime. It was for forgery and and bribery. Uh, Or was it forgery? Yeah, forgery and bribery, I think is what the two were. And uh, and then he had his sentence commuted. So like they've just been untouchable. Like he, he, he had to do a couple of years. I think he was supposed to do seven though. But then he gets a sentence commuted because he knew Mike Huckabee, and Huckabee was in Trump's ear. And Trump was like, uh, yeah, sure, okay, I'll let him out or whatever, you know, and then boom. Yeah. And then, and then you know, he gets away with it. And I was, and, and there were, I talked to a, I've talked to other former staff members too. And um, some of them, like I've interviewed them for this podcast. And this one guy, he said he cried when he found out that Ted got out because he was so upset. He said it bothered him that much because of how bad of a person Ted was. And I didn't realize how bad he was until I started talking to other people. And this girl told me how she had 
been choked by him because he was sneaking around with one of the residents and she had caught them and was going to rat him out. So he choked her and slammed her against the pole. And then uh, when that one, this one kid got the arm broken and they completely forged this guy's statement about what had actually happened. And it was ridiculous. I mean, they knew exactly what they were doing. They knew that they were wrong. And, uh, and as it stands right now, they got away with it. And the statute of limitations for abuse to a minor is three years. But the statute of limitations for sexual abuse to a minor doesn't exist. So they could still get charged for that. And I think that's yeah. what's going to concern them. So I'm kind of wondering if I'm going to get a cease and desist letter at some point. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen with that. But uh, everything about that place, it just... I don't know. It just screams cult. You know, it was just, it was, it was, yeah. it was just such a weird place. I'm, I couldn't be happier to not, to never see that place again. You know what I mean? Or to see yeah. any of those people again. They were just so, I mean, and, and some people that grew up there, they were brainwashed. I've had people that were brainwashed get on there and run their mouths to us and say it wasn't that bad. And I'm like, well, oh, well no. hey, it, 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 was, yeah. it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, okay. You and I, I both still miss home. Facilities, so. I want to right. go back. You know how a real facility is supposed to be running. Sometimes running. it's right. I feel as though it's never there. And, I remember everything, but it feels like I've been here forever. It feels as though I'll never be home. I feel like all the days here are monotonous and blend into one, but they seem to last forever. I just wish I could go home soon. On August 30th, I should know about when I can go home. I just want the time between now and then to go quicker. Okay, I've seen a lot of violent shit, too, in, in the inner city. Okay, yeah. I get that. This is a facility. This is supposed to be a controlled environment. So don't give me yeah. that shit. Yeah, that, that's kind of how I felt about it all. But, um, yeah, man, well, I, I really appreciate you sitting here and talking with me. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share, or is there anything else on your mind? Anything you um, might have forgot to say? or? No, I think uh, when we were talking about our dads earlier, what um, mm -hmm. the uh, the interviewer had actually said to my mom that it was probably the music that my dad listened to that made him commit suicide. What kind of music? Did, they, what kind of music did your dad listen to? Out of curiosity, uh, do you remember? Like punk rock or metal oh. or oh, stuff really? like that. But, but I know like I know my dad liked Led Zeppelin. Like he would play Led Zeppelin on the guitar. But I remember he actually would listen to country music when I'd ride in his car, and I hated yeah. I hated country music. <laughs> I don't mind some of it now. Like there's an occasional song. I'm like, Oh, this is okay. But it's definitely not a genre I'm ever going to pick in my top 100. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, geez, they said it was because of the music. Those people, they just, ugh. yeah. And these people had never met and like had no, didn't know who my dad was. Right. They don't know if he was and, schizophrenic. They don't know if, yeah. you know, somebody had just died that he really cared for or, or what kind of life he had. Oh, it was probably the music. Yeah. And it was the, it was the interviewer who was like getting the approval from Medicaid. And it was, that was a <laughs> quote from them that, wow, that's why they thought, and it's like, yeah, these people, it's a, it's a different kind of people up there. It's, it's a huge cult. Yeah. Oh yeah. Blink 182. I don't think yeah, so. Right, yeah. mm -mm. Not, but not yeah, man, I'm, more I, music. I like, Caleb. 
<laughs> I saw your I saw your pocket. It showed up on like Facebook suggested ads, and I saw that, and I was like, "What really happened at the Lord's Ranch?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, I bet that's fucked up." Yep. Yeah. I so uh, on, I was like, "Oh shit." Yeah, Facebook keeps rejecting me, so I have to like spend money to promote those ads because I, I promote it so people can see it because I know there's a ton of other people just like us that were there and saw horrible things. But Facebook will reject it all the time. Like I'm always trying to put out ads and they reject like that video I put up yesterday. Uh, they rejected that. And uh, they're saying it's like I have to like prove who I am, which I've proved who I am. Like, I don't know, three or four times to them already on this. And I, I don't uh, I think I got to get like something notarized. Like they make you go through like this huge process to promote it now. It's a, wow. yeah, it's like a whole new thing that they do. It's pretty annoying. Oh, man, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, hey, yeah, man, I'm it's gl- been I'm good talking to you. This. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you're doing this. I mean, there's uh, Sarah Huckabee is about to, his, Mike Huckabee's daughter is about to be the governor of Arkansas. Yeah, well, I'm going to try to get this podcast out before uh, before election time. So hopefully we can have some sort of impact. I don't know. Because I sure as shit don't want anybody helping out Ted Soul ever again. And I know that she would be one who would. So yeah, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Glad I could help. Um, if there's anything else, or if I think of anything else, I'll let you know. But um, excellent. Yep. Till uh, till next time, I'll probably be seeing you on Facebook then, huh? All right, man. Yeah, sounds good. All righty, buddy. I'll see you. All right. Later. Take care. Bye-bye. If you or a friend have had a personal experience with the Lord's Ranch slash Trinity Behavioral Health or have any tips concerning the facility, please feel free to reach out to us by messaging us on our Facebook. You can find us at the account named What Really Happened at the Lord's Ranch. We'd like to thank each and every one of our listeners for finally giving us a chance to tell our side of the story without being called liars, except for people with fake accounts. Thank you. We'd like to thank Justin Andrus Sr., a.k.a. Crew LA, Black Tuba, for all the music he made on this podcast. He's talented, so if you want to reach out to him, we'll put a link to his social media in the description box. We'd also like to thank Gnostic Concepts for their original artwork and animations. Their commissions page is open to an array of requests, ranging from original character concepts to detailed wide-scale scenery. So if you're interested in receiving a service from them, a link to their social media will be provided in the description box as well. For everybody who took time out of their day to help make this podcast a reality, we want to thank all of you. Without each and every one of you, None of this would be possible. Let justice be served, though the heavens may fall. It's never too late to right another wrong. We'd also like to dedicate this podcast to Deanna Fields. Rest easy, D. You'll always be missed, but never be forgotten.